Well, welcome to another edition of Talking Sports and Fitness with Zeke. I'm Zeke, also known as Mike Zielinski. My guest today is Rick Ferry, who is the head basketball coach at Albright College. He just finished his 16th season. Welcome, Rick. Thank you. And I don't know where the years go, but I remember covering you in high school. You know, it's uh, been a couple of years ago. Just, I mean, it's really only a few. Yeah, at Wilson. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. A lot of people think I graduated in 81. It was really 2001. I just, <laughs> youthful. Yeah, well, you, you, you know, you're 54. You don't look 54, but you tell me your knees feel 54 at times. Yeah, they feel 64. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, you had a very interesting season last year. Uh, these things don't really happen all that often. You had a losing record. But then you really caught fire and wound up in the MAC Commonwealth Championship game, right. which you didn't win, but just getting there. Yeah. Now, tell me, you know, I, I saw one of Ritz Scarcello's stories, and it, you guys had an offensive drought. And was it as simple as Fred Rowles uh, developing as a score to complement Dijon Smith and O'Mary Ringgold? It's, then you got more added punch? Because I'm thinking, what was the catalyst for this remarkable tournament? I don't think you can point to one thing as to Yeah, how I that, thought how that, that was a little simplistic, yeah. but um, I'm thinking, well, that's easy to coach. Just tell this guy to score right, more. Right, you know? right. You know, we, we've been on, we've been on a, a rebuild over the past few years. Yeah. You know, if you go back three or four years, we were consistently top two or three in the conference. Yeah. And then we just kind of hit one of those droughts and we went through a rebuild. And we really thought that coming into this year and then including next year would be the years where we would start to hit our stride. So I consciously really bulked up our schedule this year. And we played a real tough schedule, real tough non-conference yeah, schedule. Yeah. And Which isn't always good for the one loss record, but it's good yeah, for the and, and, and really that doesn't matter. You know, we It's what you do in the yeah, conference. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, it's even though Division Three works the same as Division One, where you get an automatic bid if you win your postseason conference tournament. Yeah. You know, really uh, and you can get at large bids. Four years ago, we had the second most wins in school history, and we did not get an at-large bid to the NCAA tournament. So from that point on, I said to myself... Do my they wait your schedule, or why was well, that? Well, I mean, you don't know what goes on behind closed doors, exactly. Okay. But, you know, you know, D3Hoops.com said we were the biggest snub, you know, couldn't believe we didn't get in, all yeah. that. Yeah, I remember you that know. season. Yeah, and so, yeah. so I said to myself, you know, it doesn't matter what our overall record is. We got we to gotta make sure we're toughened for conference play. Yeah. So... This was the first time that I felt our team was back where we could handle a tough schedule. So out of about 425 schools in the country, we had the 25th toughest schedule. Really? Yeah. Now, you're also the co-athletic director. How, don't you have to lock these schedules in like five years in advance? No. Oh, no. you don't? No, you do, you do it. Um, I, I do it from the time our season ends until whenever I get it done. Oh, really? Next year, yeah. Now, you have a lot of teams you play every year. Because you're locked in conference or, right. or, yeah, well, you, or traditional you, We're going to have 16 conference games. Yeah. They're going to yeah. be this. They're already done. We have we play 25 games, so you have nine non-conference. Yeah. We host a tournament. We go to a tip-off tournament. We play another tournament, and we play some other standard schools. But it's how do you structure that, and who do you play? So we really put ourselves out there, and we got our brains beat in a few times, you know. But what it's doing is, if you're tough enough, you can withstand that, and it's going to prepare you for conference play. I felt early on we weren't very good. And but we got we managed to win some early conference games, and okay. that gave us confidence in the conference. Got our brains beat in over Christmas time, but when we came back, all of a sudden things started happening a little bit here and there. And then we put Fred Rolls into the lineup, and suddenly we had a bunch of options and a bunch of scoring. Yeah, it gave you a little bit more. Yeah, more punch to us. Yeah, yeah. And uh, when that happened, things. I mean, we weren't we weren't necessarily 
pretty. We weren't great, but we were, we were getting good. And then down the second half of conference play, it really started kicking in. You know, we ended up tied for second in the conference. We were 10 and six in the conference. So we had you know, a winning percentage yeah, I saw that. Yeah. in the conference, yeah. Yeah. but our non-con was, was obviously not, not very good on the surface. Go dig in a little bit. We had some, we had some good losses. And, and there is a good loss. Yeah, there and is. I understand there that is. concept. Yeah. So what's things looking like next year? How many guys do you have coming back? Well, we, we lose Amari Ringgold, who was a two-time all-conference player. Yeah, that, that's going to hurt. And yeah. he's, he's, an, he's a knockdown shooter and really really does a lot for us. Uh, but we have all our other rotation guys back. And, and Dewan Smith is back? Dewan Smith's back. He'll be a senior. And Fred uh, Rolls He'll be back. a sophomore. Uh, oh, good. Yeah, yeah. so, so you know, we have the bulk of everything back. You know, now every year is different. And we'll be bringing in a new crop of freshmen. And so we always say, you know, you just never know because you don't know how the pieces are going to fit together. Yeah. You know, in some years, they fit great. You know, by the end of this year, our pieces fit great. We, had a, we were tight. We were close. We were cohesive. The team all got along with each other. You know, you could bring new guys in and all of a sudden it blows that yeah, up. Your chemistry is very right. important. It's so important. What, uh, uh, and what are you going to do with the schedule next year? You're loading it up? or It's, it's, it's not going to be weak. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I can duplicate what I did this year. It's, yeah. Some things really fell into place for us to toughen it. Yeah. Um, we're we're, we're going to be out there. You know, we're going to play some teams. But, but at least uh, since there's so many core guys coming back, they've already had that yeah. experience. Yeah. Uh, but what are the challenges of recruiting for a school like Albright? Uh, I guess that what the cost of attendance is 55K. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How hard is it to recruit kids now? You've been doing the 16 years compared now to back when you first started yeah. just because of the cost factor. Sure, sure. Because yeah. you don't, you can't give scholarships at D3. We can't give athletic scholarships. Yeah. So all, any money somebody gets is either merit-based, meaning you earned it based on your academics, or need-based, meaning your family can't afford it and so you get yeah. you get financial aid from that. It's a shame you can't make having a good jump shot or a good handle of merit-based. It is a shame. <laughs> it is a shame, isn't it? <laughs> You know, our, our challenges are, that, that's surely, that, that's, a, that's a significant challenge, overcoming the cost factor, but that's what every Division three school in the country goes through. You know, and there's over 400 of us. A bigger challenge is there is such a concentration of similar schools in our direct, oh, yeah, immediate yeah. region. Well, I'll burn you. Right. Yeah. I mean, five miles away. Yeah. You know, but if you just extend that radius out an hour, you're going to hit about 40 schools. So imagine when there's somebody that's recruitable for our level. You know, we go to see him play. It's a coaching convention there because every coach is there to see him. Yeah. You know, so yeah. you really have to, you either want to find somebody that has gone undetected or you got to expand your reach somewhere and, and go to some other areas and just try to experiment with different ways to do it. Now, do you have to sell the school as well as your program? Sure. Yeah. 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 And, you know, you, you, you never know what's going to make a person tick. You know, if I'm yeah. recruiting you, it's a feeling out process to figure out what, what is it about about you that's going to help you make a decision for college. Yeah. So is it something, are you going to be wowed by facilities, academics, the coaches? Uh, are your parents going to influence you as your AAU coach, your high school coach? Uh, you, you just don't know what those factors are going to be. So you kind of have to put it all out there and, and read the tea leaves a little bit and figure out what people are interested in, what they like. And, what's, and even then, at the end of the process, when affordability comes around, even though they may love you, they're not going to come because yeah. they can't afford it. So you kind of, obviously, if someone's really poor, they're going to be okay. But for the most part, you have to look for kids who come from a little bit of affluence so they can afford it. Well, it depends. Yeah. It depends. You know, if, if, if you're really poor and really smart, you're going to get a great financial aid package. Yeah. Okay. If you're really rich, it doesn't matter. 
But if you're really rich, it's, it's 55K is just a hiccup, right? Right, right. It's, it's the middle class yeah. that where, you, where you see the squeeze. You know, and you go to somebody, hey, it's, it's going to be out of pocket for you $20,000. Well, that you, all of a sudden you see them, you see them, you know, start scratching their head saying, 20000 a year, where am I going to come up with that? Yeah. You know, you hope that they've prepared over their lifetime for college. You know, and it's when families haven't properly prepared when you start running into the problems. Yeah. Uh, do you, when you look at a guy, especially because sometimes it's hard for you, are you looking for potential where guys that maybe weren't a, a high performer in high school, but you're seeing some physical attributes, some added maturity, that's, that they could evolve? Yeah, that, that's part of it. Um, yeah. You know, you, 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 a lot of times you, you're looking at kids who could potentially be late bloomers. Yeah. You know, but you know, you also want kid, you know, you want to try to measure work ethic. Because let's, let's look at it this way. If you're going to school and you don't have an athletic scholarship, what keeps you playing? Okay? It's not, if I stop playing, I'm going to lose my financial aid because no one's yanking your scholarship from you. It's the love of the game. Yeah. So you want someone that's really highly motivated to play, okay? And now, now you know over four years they're going to go out and they're going to work on their game and they're going to do all the little things they need to do to make themselves a player. You know, it's interesting because that pretty much, not word for word, but parallels, uh, Mike Miller from Alvernia was on this show and he basically said the same thing. When you're recruiting a guy, you want a guy that's willing to, to work mm -hmm. and right. wants to do it. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. and because if, if they're going to, if they're going to be lazy, no one's going to win with that. Yeah, because you know, it's going to catch up to them. What's the final question? Because we have to go. But what's the most satisfaction outside of wins and losses you get from your job? There, there's a couple things, but I'd say the biggest thing is watching, watching these guys develop. Yeah, you know, and, and they come in as 17, 18 year old boys, and they graduate as 22 year old men, and seeing that maturation process yeah. and hearing what they say, and and then when they come back and they come back on alumni day, and and you hear the tales and you see what they're doing, and then you then we reflect back to the dumb things they did when they were 19, yeah. and, which we all did. But it's, it's, it's so enjoyable to see, to see that and hear that. You know, that's one of the special things. I think D3 sports are basically what it was meant to be. You know, and, yeah. and you keep guys for four years. It's yeah. not like D1, right. Kentucky, yeah. one and yeah. done. Right. You see a guy go. Right. And, uh, right. Yeah. and it's, it, it's a more pure model. It, it is, and we yeah. say that all the time. It, it's truly, you know, the way college athlete athletics is supposed to be. Yeah, got there's, distorted there's, by big money. Yeah, yeah. Th exactly. Yeah. There's, there's not that financial motivation. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna, when I get evaluated at the end of the year by my boss, he's, he's looking not only at wins and losses, but he's looking at team GPA, retention rate, graduation rates, yeah, yeah. You know, pl uh, player satisfaction, you know, and all those things go into it. We have coaches who maybe don't perform so well wins and losses, but they recruit well, they retain the kids, the kids are having a good experience, and now you don't want to make a living off that, but you know, that's a coach that's doing a pretty good job. Yeah, yeah. Because they're they're doing things the right way. Yeah. You know, and someone wants to start taking shortcuts or or trying to circumvent the system, that's not someone. It should always be done the right way, but especially at your level. Yeah. Uh, we got to go, but thank you so much for your insight into your program. Best of sure. luck next season, and and in subsequent seasons, and stay young. I'm doing my best. All right, Rich. Thank you very okay, much. Thanks, Mike. For now, this is Zeke saying goodbye. These community stories are made possible in part by BCTV, Susie Ray Design, Queen City Family Restaurant, Lamar Advertising, Heidelberg Family Restaurant, Reading Air, Lions and Hole, Peanut Bar, and Kutztown University.